Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another great day. This is our Thursday morning where we uh, get a little bit more comfortable with one another. Today, I'm going to teach you something deep about the armor of God, how to apply the armor of God, how many Christians don't really know how to apply the armor of God or they're doing it incorrectly. But by the end of this live stream, you will know how to apply the armor of God and you'll know how to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So make sure you stick around with me to the end. And as you're jumping on, let me know in the comments where you're watching from. Give this video a thumbs up and send it to somebody. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel already, I don't know what you're thinking. You better do it right now. Otherwise, I'm going to call your parents and I'm going to tell on you. So you better subscribe right now in Jesus' name. Good morning, Amber. Good morning, John. Cult Productions in Nebraska. God bless you. I'm excited for today's live stream. This is going to be a lot of fun. You'll hear a lot of uh, mediocre preachers, and I'm not saying I'm the best preacher out there, but you'll hear a lot of mediocre preachers that will tell you that you have to go through your life getting beat up by the devil, getting beat up by this world. They almost make you think that you're going to be like a doormat your whole life. But God never intended for you to be a doormat. God actually intended for you to be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, to reign in life as a king. And I believe this teaching is going to help you do that. Good morning, Lily. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Francis. Somebody type in the comments for me. I will be strong in the Lord. I will be strong from the Lord or in the Lord. Good to see you in Namibia. God bless you, Francis. Hello, James. God wants you to be strong. God does not want you to be weak. God wants you to be strong. God gave you all power and all authority over the devil, over demons, and even in this life. Your business, your family, your personal life, you are meant to be on top and not beneath. You are meant to reign in this life. You are meant to call the shots. The Bible says that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has been given all authority on the earth. Not even Satan himself is strong enough to stand against you. But there's a way that you are strong in the Lord. And the Bible says that we are strong in the Lord by applying the armor of God. So go with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. And as you're jumping on, give this video a thumbs up. Send it to somebody. Keep liking the video. Keep sharing it. Let's get up to 100 live viewers this morning. We're at 63 currently. I want to get up to 100. I believe we can do it, and I believe you can help me do it. I'm going to be strong in the Lord, and I believe you are too. Ephesians chapter 6. Morning, Colton. It's good seeing you at the gym. Verse 10. Listen to this. This is the Bible. The inspired word of God, the Holy Spirit wrote this himself. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord. Don't be weak in the Lord. Don't be harmless in the Lord. Don't be a patsy in the Lord. Don't be a doormat in the Lord. He said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So you don't have to be strong in God in the power of your own might. Not in the power of how hard you pray. Not in the power of how much you read your Bible, although you need to read your Bible and you need to pray. But there's a way where when you listen and obey the voice of God, you read and obey his word and you yield to his spirit, you are capable of being strong in the Lord 
and in the power of his might. Remember, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on the arm of flesh. Lean on the spirit of God. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says, It is not by might or human strength, and it's not by human power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. By my spirit. So the strength that's found in the Lord is in his spirit. Somebody type in the comments, I'm strong in God's spirit. So how do we be strong in the Lord and in the power of his spirit? Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. I want you to write that down and underline it. Put on the whole armor of God. Don't miss a piece of it. Put it all on. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So God has given you armor that you are able to apply to your life that will enable you to stand against the schemes of the devil. Not to get beat up or defeated by the schemes of the devil, but to conquer and withstand the schemes of the devil. Remember James 4, 7 says, if you'll submit yourself to God and resist the devil, then he will actually flee from you. When you put on the armor of God, you are submitting to God and you're resisting the devil and you won't even have to bat an eye. He will flee from you because of the might that's in the power and in the armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12, for our fight is not against flesh and blood. We're not here to fight people. I'm not here to win arguments. But you know, when you start blowing up on social media, <clears throat> you get a lot of funny people in the comments, a lot of people that comment on my videos, a lot of people that comment on my live streams. And what I could do is I could get offended. And I could pick a fight with every person that disagrees with me, every demonized person that jumps on the live stream. Obviously, none of you are demonized because you're great. But there are a lot of people that jump on and they just, they just try to pick a fight. But I know that my battle is not against flesh and blood. My battle is not against little Johnny, who's eight years old, hanging out on his mom's Kindle, playing Minecraft in the background. That's not my battle. I, I've got bigger fish to fry, who's just putting funny comments to push my buttons. So you have to understand that people, flesh and blood, are not your battle. It's the influence of the Spirit on that person that is your battle. But the Bible says you've been given the strength to withstand it. Not only withstand it, but I'm going to teach you how to conquer it, how to uproot it, how to defeat it, and how to drive it out of people's lives and out of your own life. For our fight is not against flesh and blood. But it's against these three things. I want you to write these down. This is called spiritual warfare. And for people that are jumping on right now, this is how to apply the armor of God to your life to win spiritual warfare. Make sure as you're jumping on, you give this video a thumbs up and you share it with somebody so that they learn how to fight spiritual warfare. Hello, Sean. I know you've typed hello at least two dozen times. So hello. There's your hello. I hope you're happy. Hello. For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but it is against principalities, number one, 
and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world. These are demonic entities, demon powers. <laughs> hello, Ray. That's it. No one else gets a hello. That's it. Except for you, Karen. Hello. It's your first time. All right. No one else gets a hello. So there's three realms of demonic powers in the spirit realm. Number one, principalities. Number two, powers. Number three, against the rulers of darkness in this world. Principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. And against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So there's technically four realms, but Brother Hagen once had a vision. Kenneth Hagen, he's a prophet of God. He had a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord told him, if you'll handle the first three, I'll take care of the fourth one. So if you'll take care of the principalities, if you'll take care of the powers, and you'll take care of the darkness in this world, then I'll take care of the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So the armor of God and being strong in God actually gives you the power by the word of God to uproot principalities, to cut off the head of evil demonic spirits in your family, in your business, in your town, in your school, in your state, and even in your nation. God will even anoint you and lift you up and exalt you as you're faithful and obedient to be someone that he can send in as a general to conquer evil spirits that are attached to global agendas. So God is looking to make you strong. God is looking to empower you by his spirit and by his word to take down principalities, take down powers, and take down rulers of darkness. Now this is how you do it. Verse 13, listen to this. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day, having done all to stand. Verse 14, stand therefore, having your waist girded with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want you to write down all of these pieces of armor. Because the following verse, Paul tells you how to apply them and how to strengthen them in your life. So number one, the first thing you must do is put on the belt of truth. Remember, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So the only truth that really sets people free is the truth that they know. If you don't know the truth, then it'll never set you free. But if you know the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord, he's the son of God, he came in the flesh, he died for you, and he's the word that became flesh, and it is no longer you that live, but him that lives in you. When you know that truth, it holds up the rest of your armor. So you must first be grounded in love and grounded in truth. Number two, he said this, put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. 
The breastplate of righteousness protects your heart. Where does condemnation come from? From your heart. When you understand who you are in Christ Jesus and you live in right standing with God, you live holy because of your identity of being a new creation, it actually applies the breastplate of righteousness to your life. So the condemnation can no longer get into your heart. Because the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when you understand your identity in Christ, you apply the breastplate of righteousness. And when you apply it, it eliminates condemnation, which allows the power and presence of God to flow out of your belly like rivers of living water. Condemnation hinders the flow of the Spirit. I want you to write that down. Somebody type it in the comments. Condemnation hinders the flow of the Holy Ghost. So by understanding you are made the righteousness of God in Christ, you apply the breastplate of righteousness. That breastplate guards your heart, keeps condemnation out, keeps you in right standing with God, makes you live holy, and it allows rivers of living water to flow from your belly. Verse 15, having feet or having your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. That's okay, Megan. I'm just glad you made it. <laughs> Megan, if you don't know how the notification thing works, you can shoot Kate a message on Instagram. He'll help you out so that you get notified when we go live. For everyone that wants to be notified when we go live each morning, we're going to start scheduling at least 12 hours in advance on the YouTube channel what video is going to be next. So you can go and you can tap uh, the watch when it goes live or whatever notification on the video and it'll notify you when it goes live. So we've got the belt of truth. We've got the breastplate of righteousness. Next, we must put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. The shoes of the gospel of peace. Remember the Bible says, How beautiful are the feet of those who carry the good news. What will guide your steps in life is your ability to preach the gospel and your willingness to preach the gospel. When you are born again and full of the Holy Ghost, Remember, the moment Paul had his encounter with the Lord Jesus, although he was raised up in Arabia, when he started preaching the gospel, his steps were ordered of the Lord. So when you're full of the gospel and you're called to preach the gospel, your steps become ordered of the Lord. Praise God. Have your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Paul told Timothy, Timothy, be instant or be ready to preach in season and out of season. <clears throat> Even if you're in a season of preparation right now, if I handed you a microphone and I said, preach right now, this is for ministers or people going into the ministry. If I gave you a microphone right now and I said, preach an hour long sermon or more on who you are in Christ right now, your identity in Christ, give me a gospel presentation. Could you do it? And could you do it effectively? 
without saying um, without stuttering, without having to ask people for scriptures, you know what I mean? Are you excellent? Are you instant, in season and out of season? Could you preach on the four pillars of the doctrine of Christianity without looking at your Bible? Could you quote the scriptures verbatim? Are they so ingrained in you that if God needed a man to go to Africa right now to carry the full gospel, could you take it? Be ready in season and out of season. Have your feet fit with the gospel of peace. And above all, above all, above all, somebody type in the comments, above all, this is the most important out of all of the armor. He said, above all, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. The devil is shooting arrows at you all day. Is there any area in your shield of faith that you're not solid in? Are there holes in your shield? Are there any gaps in your shield? Is there anything in this book right now that you're not seeing in your life? If that's true, there's a hole in your shield. You got to find it. You got to seal it. And as you take up the shield of faith, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. As you take up the shield of faith, it will quench every fiery dart of the devil. And no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Above all things, be built up in faith. Have the shield of faith that protects you on a daily basis. When the lies of the devil start coming, when those arrows start flying in, you're broke. Why are you tithing? Why are you giving? You're running out of money. No, I'm not. You hold up the shield of faith and you start declaring the scriptures. The Bible says I'm a tither and I'm a giver. So the devourer is rebuked for my sake. The windows of heaven are open over my life. God pours out a blessing so great I don't have enough room to store it all. I give abundantly, I reap abundantly. As I give, it is given unto me, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You lift up that shield of faith and you start fighting and resisting the devil when he's shooting arrows at you. And that's how you resist every plan of the devil. Praise the Lord. Amber said, you called me out, but I appreciate you. That's all right. It's good to be called out. It's good, to, it's good to be humbled by the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says God's word is alive. It's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than every two-edged sword. When it gets preached under the anointing, it'll prune things out of you that's not supposed to be there. And it'll expose men's hearts. It exposes things in you that you didn't know were in you. It exposes holes or gaps in your shield. It exposes chinks in your armor. Very good, Ray. Ray said it the best. If you are weak, devil will get you. If you are weak, devil will get you. Someone said, narcissist is the devil's work. Because you keep asking, I'm going to answer your question. Yes. A narcissist is probably under the influence of the devil. That's right, Martin. So above all, apply the shield of faith. Pick that baby up. Understand that the same way God was with Moses, 
and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joshua is the same way he is with me. I know that God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I know by his stripes I was healed. Sickness and disease cannot touch my body. I know I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I know as I give, it is given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God's word is a weapon. Somebody type that in the comments. God's word is a weapon. God's word is a weapon. That's right, Ray. Verse 17, listen to this now. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Hold on, I'm looking for a scripture. If you're jumping on right now, this is how to apply the armor of God to your life. Make sure you give this video a thumbs up, subscribe if you haven't already, and share this with somebody. Let's get to 100 live viewers this morning before we get off. First Thessalonians 5.8. Let me see if I can find that. 1 Thessalonians 5.8. I want to explain to you what the helmet of salvation is. Listen to this. So, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, we see Paul write of the breastplate and the helmet of salvation. So it's not just in Ephesians 6 where he talks about the armor of God. But he actually explains in 1 Thessalonians 5, he's talking about the rapture. So he actually said, verse 8, 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. The helmet of salvation is the blessed hope of the saints, living daily as if Jesus is coming back right now. It's actually a helmet to your salvation. You ever notice the people that backslide and they get back into the world? They're always the ones that say, well, people have been saying Jesus is coming back for 2000 years. They're the ones that remove the helmet of salvation that guards their mind. But the helmet of your salvation is the blessed hope of the saints. It's hope that Jesus is coming back to rapture his church, to take us out of here, to deliver us from this present world and this present age. It will be a helmet to your salvation. It will protect your salvation. Living every day ready to meet Jesus right now. Are you ready to meet Jesus? If he came right now, would you shrink back in fear or would you be glad to see him? Do you know you're going to heaven when you die? 
If you don't, I want you to go watch the video on my channel, how to know for a fact that you're going to heaven when you die. That'll help you. You'll be very thankful that you watched it. Hey, Kevin, I'm glad you're on today. Kevin, it helped me a lot. If you joined everybody else and you gave this video a thumbs up and you shared it with somebody. So we put on the helmet of salvation. And then he said, finally, once your armor's up, I want you to get this. Don't try to pick up a sword until you have your armor up. There's a reason why he said, pick up the sword, your weapon last. You must apply your armor before you pick up your weapon. If you try to pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and you start going fighting the devil, but you haven't applied the rest of the armor, you'll die. You must put on the armor first. You must be righteous. You must have your belt of truth girding all of your armor together. You must know how to present the gospel. You must have your helmet of salvation on. You must know how to take up the shield of faith to defend yourself from the plans of the enemy. Then, and only then, are you ready to pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So prepare to be able to defend, and then you'll be able to attack. Praise the Lord. Now listen to this. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. God's Spirit is a sword in the kingdom. God's Spirit is your weapon in the kingdom. Now, how He is your weapon depends on the Word. What I mean is the Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, God's Word is sharper than any two-edged sword, splitting between bone and marrow, soul and spirit. The only way that you can wield God's spirit as a sword is if you know how to preach his word. In Jeremiah 1, it says God watches over his word to perform it. So when you know how to preach God's word, <laughs> that's good call. Praise God. When you know how to preach God's word, his spirit watches over his word to perform it. For example, I told a testimony. It's on my Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram already, make sure you go do that at Taylor.Michael. But there's a video on my Instagram of me telling a testimony of this woman who had Parkinson's disease. She was about to die. And somebody brought her to my meeting and I started preaching on healing. Godzilla, where do these people come from? All right. I started preaching on healing. And as I started preaching on healing, she started getting healed. I didn't lay hands on her. Not until right at the end when she was already up and walking. As I started to preach on God's healing power out of his word, his spirit began to heal her body. So when you take God's word and you wield it, and you learn how to speak it, God's Spirit will watch over it, and He will perform it. Hallelujah. Thanks, Kimberly. Kimberly said, I found your channel this morning, and I'm loving it. Thank you. Praise God. I'm glad you're enjoying it. 
This is how to apply the armor of God. And when you take up the sword of the spirit, you'll be unstoppable. Somebody type in the comments, I'm unstoppable. Praise God. (laughs) There's no plan that the devil has that will ever prosper in my life. God's word never returns void. Every time I preach, God's word produces what it says. It's got resurrection, life, and power in it. And it makes me unstoppable. God's armor is on my body. I'm protected from every plan of hell. The gates of hell will not prevail against me or against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I walk in power. I'm unstoppable because of Christ who lives in me. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. So this is how you apply the armor of God in your life. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You don't have to be strong in your own might. Be strong in the power of the Lord and in the power of His might. His Spirit will strengthen you. It says in Romans 8.11, The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead that lives in me quickens or gives power or life to my mortal body. The Holy Spirit gives me power. He strengthens me. He empowers me. He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor so that they won't stay poor. His spirit is upon me for he's anointed me to bring deliverance to the captives, freedom to the oppressed, sight to the blind, to bind up the brokenhearted, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. God's spirit on your life empowers you to be unstoppable to set people free, to pull them out of their situation, to help them move mountains in their life, to kill the giants in their life, to pull down the walls of Jericho in their life. God's anointed you to be an answer to the people around you. God's anointed you to be an answer to this generation. You just have to apply the armor of God. And he'll do all the heavy lifting. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. I want to read you one more story that will change your life. So stick around to the end. Listen to this. Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 17. I want to teach you about the miracle working power of God. 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Somebody type it in the comments for people that are jumping on. 1 Kings, the 17th chapter. Listen to this. I want to show you that God's miracle working power is still working today. Now Elijah the Tishbite, who was one of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord of God of Israel lives, Before whom I stand, there will not be dew or rain for three years except by my word. So this prophet just prophesied that there would be a famine in the land. No rain, no dew. A famine in the land. But listen to this. The word of the Lord came to him saying, Go from here and turn eastward and hide by the Kareth brook, which is east of the Jordan. 
You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. (laughs) That is a funny word, John. You're right. I want you to understand this. God said, go to this place. And when you go where I show you to go, I already have provision waiting for you there. There's a brook there or a river there that you will drink from. And I will send my ravens to bring you food. Did you know that when you obey the voice of God and you go where God tells you to go, you take the job God tells you to take, you live where God tells you to live, you go to the church that God tells you to go to, your provision is already there waiting for you. And God will send it when you get there. The river was already there waiting for him. And then when he got there, the ravens brought his food. What if he never went to the river? He wouldn't have been able to drink. What if he went to the ri- what if he never went to the river, but the ravens still brought the food there? He would have never eaten. You've got to obey God. And when you obey God and you go where he tells you to go, your provision is already there and he will continue to supply your every need. But you must be obedient. Somebody type in the comments, I'm obedient. Verse 5, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and lived by the brook, which is east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. God literally sent ravens to feed this man because he was obedient. So it doesn't matter what your natural circumstance looks like. There might be a famine in the land. They might be saying there's recession coming. But I'm telling you right now, the ravens will take care of you if you're obedient and you go where God tells you to go. It doesn't matter what the rest of the world says. It doesn't matter what the rest of the world is going through. God will send the ravens to pay your bills. God will send the ravens to bring you groceries. I have a couple of friends of mine from Africa Michael Contreras, good to see you. I have a couple friends of mine from Africa that they came to the States and they were believing God for finances. They needed financial miracles in their life. Well, they weren't having breakthrough in the natural yet. But even when they didn't have enough money to buy groceries, people would bring them groceries. And they didn't know. They didn't tell anybody, hey, we need money. We don't have money to buy groceries. People just started bringing them groceries. People just started bringing them gift cards. People, God just started sending people that brought provision to them to take care of them. And God will do that for you. God will send even the ravens to take care of your every need. Praise the Lord. Now listen to this. This is where it gets real good. Not only will God take care of you where you're at, but I'm going to show you how God will multiply you if you'll obey him. To where you'll never need the ravens to take care of you ever again. Listen to this. Verse 7. A widow at Zarephath. After some time, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. The word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and live there. I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So see, before he even went, oh, look at that. We reached 100 people. As you're jumping on right now, give this video a thumbs up. We're talking about how to apply the armor of God. And make sure you share this with somebody. Let's get up to 120 live viewers this morning. We're currently at 103. So as he was obedient to God, 
He said, go here, and I already have someone there that's ready to take care of you. God always has your provision ahead of you, ready to be there for you when you get where, you, where he tells you to go. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and live there. I have commanded a widow there to, to provide for you. Verse 10, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 10. So he got up and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Please get me a small cup of water to drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, And please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So he said, Please bring me some water, and please bring me some bread to eat. I'm hungry. Why? Because God already said she was there to provide for him. Verse 12. I want you to get that. There's people in your life that God has already put there that they have a blessing waiting for you. At your next destination, where God is sending you next, the next place you'll live, the next supernatural relationship coming into your life, the next job opportunity, God has a blessing waiting there for you ahead of time. And provision. Verse 12. She said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, but only a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a jar. So she said, I don't have any bread. I just have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. I'm gathering two sticks so that I can go in and make it for me and my son and that we may eat it and then we're going to die. What she's saying is that I only have this little bit of bread left for myself and my son because of the famine. But once we eat it, we're going to commit suicide because we have no more food. That's what used to happen back in the day. Or if you go to countries that are in famine, they can't provide for themselves. When there's a lot of poverty, people will commit suicide because they rather die from that than starvation. So that's what she was saying. I have a little bit left, but it's for me and my son, and then we're going to die. But listen to what God does through this man of God. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, Don't fear. Go and do as you have said, but make a little cake for me first. I want you to highlight that in your Bible. Make a little cake for me first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for your son and for you. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal or a flour will not run out, nor will the jar of oil empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. So she went and did what Elijah told her to do. And she, he, and her household ate for many days. The barrel of flour did not run out, nor did the jar of oil empty, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So God did a recreative miracle, a multiplication miracle, just like when Jesus took the two fish and the five loaves from the little boy, and he multiplied it and he fed the 5,000. You see a similar story here in the Old Testament, where God used a prophet. God used a preacher to go to this woman and to bring her her miracle. But God said, if you'll take the little bit that you have right now in your hand and you'll give it to me first, I can multiply it. Just like with Jesus. Jesus took the two fish and the five loaves out of the hands of the little boy and he multiplied it to the 5,000. If you'll take the little bit that you have now, which is a seed, and you plant it into God... He can multiply it and give you your harvest. There's an old saying that says, if it's not big enough to meet your need, it's a seed. Somebody type in the comments, 
I have a seed. I have a seed. No matter where you're at, if you even have a dollar in your wallet, you have a seed. There's a great man of God who is very wealthy now, but he didn't used to be. He was so broke at one time that all he had was a pencil. And somebody taught him this secret out of the Bible. And he took this pencil and he broke it and he put it in the offering plate at church. And when he put it at the, in the offering plate at church, on his way out the door, a woman walked up to him and said, Hey, I felt led to give you this $20. She said, The Lord told me to give you this $20. So he took the $20 and he ran back in the church and he put it in the offering plate. And a couple days later, somebody came up to him and said, The Lord told me to give you $200. See, that pencil that he snapped and he put in the offering plate multiplied into $20. And then that $20, he used it as a seed and he put it into the, into the church, into the kingdom of God. And God multiplied it and turned it into $200. So no matter where you're at and what you have in your hand, you always have a seed. That woman, all she had was a little flour and a little oil, but she used it as a seed and gave it to the man of God. And when she gave it to the man of God, he was able to create a miracle for her where the flour never ran out and the oil never ran dry. And it said her household ate for many days. I believe she used it and turned it into a business. She probably began to sell the flour and sell the oil. God's multiplying power will come into your life today if you'll learn how to plant a seed. He will multiply it to meet your every need. Praise the Lord. So I want to give you an opportunity to act on that word today. To act on your faith. As I've taught you how to apply the armor of God and you know how to apply it, I want you now to apply your faith and ask the Lord what he would have you give. What do you have in your hand right now that represents a seed? Do you need a financial miracle in your life? Do you need student loan debt to be canceled? Are you believing God to pay for your mortgage? Are you believing God for a promotion at your job? Do you need breakthrough in your finances? This is how you get it. By your sowing. Now, as you guys know, God takes care of this ministry. So I don't need anybody's money. I give you an opportunity to sow financially because the Bible says it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. So although this ministry, we're very blessed by your giving, Jesus said it's more blessed for you to give than it is for us to receive. Because when you give, it's given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So I want to give you a moment to ask the Lord what he would have you give today. Prepare your best. I encourage you. Pray to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what would you have me give today as a seed? And I believe financial breakthrough will come into your life. Hello in New Jersey. God bless you. There was a time where all I had was $600 to my name. And I had to pay rent and stuff. And the Lord told me to take 540 of it and sow it into a man of God. And so I did. 
And as soon as I gave that $540 to that preacher, the devil started lying to me. He started saying, why are you giving money to that preacher? How are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to pay for groceries? How are you going to pay your rent? But I took up the shield of faith and I began to say, nope, Mr. Devil, get away from me. The Bible says, as I give, it is given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I know there's a harvest coming my way. And when I took up that shield of faith, a couple days later, a man came up and shook my hand and gave me $12,000. So wherever you're at, for me, all I had was $600 to my name. And I took that $540 and I sowed it into the kingdom of God. And as I did, God turned it into $12,000. So I want to give you an opportunity today to test God's word. You can give financially through Cash App at dollar sign Revival Way. You can give through Venmo at Revival Way. You can give through PayPal at Revival Way or evangelistalen at gmail.com on PayPal. Or you can give on our website, which will be linked in the comments right now, revivalway.com. And I encourage you, can you pin that comment? I think there's a way to do it. Maybe not. Praise the Lord. I encourage you, if you're not a monthly partner with us yet, you can become a monthly partner today. Some people give $20 a month. Some people give $100 a month. Some people give $1,000 a month. But I want to encourage you to join our vision in what we're doing for the kingdom of God in this generation. I have it on my heart to lead 200 million people in Generation Z to the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And you can help me do it. Currently, we're helping 1,200 kids and other nations each month by feeding them. And they're getting the gospel preached to them. And we have 11 other ministries that we partner with financially each and every month. So we're very thankful for your giving. It makes a big difference. We're very blessed by it. I'm going to hang out with you for a couple more minutes while people are giving. And if you have any questions, I'll answer your questions right now. Do we have any background music? I know it used to be on here, but does it still play or no? Hit play on that over to the left there. Oh. Now, it used to be on the giving, I thought. But maybe it is on the main screen. I don't remember. But thank you for your giving. Anyone that has questions, if you have questions about today's teaching, let's just hang out for a moment while people are giving. And I want to hang out with you. I want to answer your questions. Take a couple minutes just to get to know you. Thank you for your giving, everybody. I also, I like to give shout outs to people that give. Bernard, thank you for your giving. We're very blessed by your giving. Jennifer Kingston, thank you for your giving. You're a blessing. I really appreciate it. You're helping us to advance the gospel. Corey, thank you for your giving. You're a major blessing. 
John, you're always a giver, and I thank you for it. And anybody else that I missed, I apologize. But let's hang out for a moment. Amber, that's your friend. Jenny's your friend. Praise God. Well, thank you, Jenny, for being generous, and thank you for being Amber's friend. Praise the Lord. Any questions, anybody, while you're giving today? What is something that somebody learned in the teaching today that blessed you? Oh, by the way, I'll throw this up here too. Anybody that gives today, if you give $50 or more, I'll send you my book, The Law of Sowing and Reaping. Anyone that gives $100 or more, I'll send you both my books, The Law of Sowing and Reaping and Renewing Your Mind. These books teach you about what the Bible says about financial blessing and how to renew your mind with the Word of God. And anyone that sends $1,000 or more, Taylor and Michelle, hey, you be nice. Yes, Megan, great question. I'm going to get to that in a second here. So if anyone that sends in $1,000 or more to help us to keep preaching the gospel, I'll send you both my books and another book that changed my life called Financial Overflow by evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. It's an amazing book. It teaches you the seven ways to increase financially in this life. Are dinosaurs in heaven? I have no idea. That's a great question. <laughs> Maybe. I hope not. They're probably in hell. Bunch of little demon sores is what they are. All right. Verse 18. This is right after the Bible says to take up. Oh, yeah. Anyone that wants to claim a book, if you send in $50 or $100 or $1,000 to the ministry, you can email us at support at revivalway.com. Tell us how much you gave and give us your mailing address and we'll ship out your books to you as a way of saying thank you for your giving. Listen to this. Ephesians 6.18. Pray in the Spirit always with all kinds of prayer and supplication. To that end, be alert with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Pray for me, that the power to speak may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Hallelujah. So when you pray in the Holy Spirit and you pray in tongues, hello Kelly in Arkansas, God bless you. Kelly in Arkansas, you're gonna, you should come pay us a visit at Rust in Ruston, Louisiana, at Faith Church. You can go ahead and put up that picture of Pastor and Faith Church. If you're looking for a good church, I want to encourage you right now to come pay us a visit in Ruston, Louisiana. We're in the northwest corner. Or I should just say we're just in northern Louisiana. It's not very far west. Not like Shreveport West, but it's pretty north. So we're up in northern Louisiana. And if you're desiring to be someone that's going to be raised up to preach the gospel, I want you to come pay us a visit in Ruston, Louisiana at Faith Church. Come meet my pastors, Pastor Stan and Mary Pody. They're anointed by God. 
I believe they're anointed by God to raise up this generation to carry the glory, to usher the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ back into the earth. So if you're looking for a home church, do what I did. Uproot your whole life and move to Ruston, Louisiana. Praise God. I will also be preaching at Faith Church Ruston. I have the honor of doing so on July 31st at 11 a.m. So anyone that wants to come join, we'd love to have you. Love to meet you, go out to lunch with you afterwards. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. If you want to set up a visit, you can go to faithchurchruston.com forward slash get connected. And you can email us at support at revivalway.com and say, I want to come visit Faith Church Ruston. And we'll find a good weekend for you to come pay us a visit. Amen. 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 Samuel, I am ignoring you because you're being annoying. Praise God. I'm like a really nice guy. But when people blow up the chat with the same question, yeah, even even if I wanted to answer that question, because you asked it 400 million times, I will never answer that question. I will never answer it now. Because you chose to be annoying. Thank you, Tracy. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you. I'm not for everybody. So if you don't like me, you're going to have to leave the channel. But know that I love you, and I'll be praying for you. I'll pray that God delivers you of a spirit of being annoying. (laughs) Amen. Well, I love you, and I'm very thankful for every person on this live stream today, except for you, Samuel. But I do love you. (laughs) I'm just just teasing you, Samuel. But uh, be blessed today. And be blessed this weekend. I'm so thankful that you joined me. Make sure to join me each and every Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. We're going to start. I want to get the Thursday morning live streams to explode. I want to get a ton of people on here. I want to see 1,000 people join at one time. And then 2,000. And I want to have 1,000 people on here. And we can all hang out together. You get to know me. I get to know you. And we get into the Word of God. I want us to build a good community around here. So praise the Lord. Make sure you give this video a thumbs up. Share it with a friend. If you haven't subscribed already, subscribe. And if you haven't given already, make sure you give. Let me pray for those that gave today. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, every person that gave financially to this ministry, I ask that you would bless them abundantly. Thank you that your word is true and you are not a man that you lie. You are not mocked. Whatever we sow, we reap. So, Lord, I join my faith with every person now. I touch an agreement. Angels cause the word to work and cause the money to come. Devil, take your hands off their money. I speak blessing over your seed in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone that received it said, I receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you. God bless you. And don't forget, Sunday morning at 11 a.m., we've just recently started streaming Faith Church's live stream on this channel. So if you don't have a church that you go to, or if your church is boring and religious and dried up and dead, you can join us online. And uh, it'll be on this live stream every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. I love you. Adios. 